Good morning. Happy New Year. This morning our scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. Please follow along in your Bibles or use the screens. I will be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, from the New American Standard Bible. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi, who came from the east, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, where they saw the child with Mary his mother, and fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they returned to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again. So glad to have you with us today on this first Sunday of the year. Happy New Year. I love New Year's. I almost love it more than Christmas in a way because it feels like a fresh start. How many of you, I want to know, how many of you made resolutions this year? Wow. <laughs> we are kind of a hopeless bunch, huh? Okay. So let me ask you this. How many of you have ever made resolutions before? Okay, so clearly the answer is you can't keep them, right? That's why you just don't make them anymore. That's my problem. They sound great at the beginning of the year. By the middle of January, I forgot what I even resolved to do. But I still have this very optimistic view of the new year. I think, okay, this is the year my closets are going to stay organized. Or this is the year I'm going to manage my time better. Or this year, I really am going to clean out that junk drawer in the kitchen that my husband is always bothering me about. You all have one of those. You fling stuff in there where you don't know other place to put them and then you can't find anything. Yeah, that's me. Well, as I look over 2016, and I'm sure you've reflected on 2016, in some ways, it wasn't such a great year. In some ways, it was really a hard year. And I don't know about you, but it feels like life gets harder every year. But in spite of those challenges, I want to share with you my top five great things that happened in 2016. First of all, Barry and I started off February 1st celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary. Come on now, that's amazing. There I am signing my life away, having no clue what's ahead, but he didn't either, so that was okay. 
Then in March, yeah, then in March, I celebrated my mom's 84th birthday with her in Arizona. Every year I go down to Arizona to celebrate her birthday with my sister, and we go to this fame, this restaurant that we love in Scottsdale that Linda and Dick Nickel ran into us a few years ago at. That was pretty strange. So anyway, we were celebrating mom's birthday, and that was a lot of fun. Well, then, of course, May 10th, the birth of the century, little Mary was born, and our lives have never been the same, and we love it. Then at the end of May, our son Adam got engaged to Kendra in uh, Memorial Day weekend. He took her up for a hike and played a little bit of a hoax on us through text saying that they'd broken up and all this stuff, and we were devastated. And then he sends us this picture, so it's like, anyway... It was, it was a wonderful thing, and we are thrilled to be having a new member of the family. And then a few months ago, I was able to have the privilege of baptizing my granddaughter. So that was definitely a highlight. So I had some great things happen this year. But I'm sure all of you have your own list of highlights through the year. Now, in addition to this being New Year's Day, it is also Epiphany Sunday, And Epiphany is January 6th, it is the 12th day of Christmas, and it is the day that is ascribed to the Magi visiting Jesus. And so I thought it would be a good idea for us to just combine those two events today, and it worked out really well. Here are some things about Epiphany, and the thing that I'm going to focus on is a moment of sudden revelation or insight. That's what we're going to be talking more about today. So what I'm hoping for in this New Year's Day is that we all have a divine revelation or epiphany like the Magi, and just like the Magi who traveled home another way, that we too begin this year in another way. So Olivia did a great job of reading all of our verses for us, and they don't all fit on one slide, but this is the visit from the Magi recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And these verses today uh, really show something of not the soft side, like we read in Luke. Actually, to me, these verses aren't very touchy-feely at all. It has political intrigue, a power struggle, deception, and a quick getaway. Sounds like my family Christmas, too. Well, these wise men are from the East. They're not kings, actually, but members of a caste regarded for their knowledge of astrology, medicine, and natural science. Probably they were from Persia or Babylon. And even though they were not Jewish, they must have known some of the prophecies about the Messiah, because they knew to follow the star. And they even came with gifts. So they knew this was a significant baby being born. So they find Jesus, who is a toddler at this point, and they bow down and they worship him. Clearly they know, again, this is no ordinary baby. The gifts that they bring him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, are gifts for a king, not a child. I want to offer a thought here as I kept thinking about the Magi finding Jesus. It proved to me that God uses all ways, different ways, to draw people to himself. The Magi were not Jewish, and they were most likely practicing some form of a pagan religion. 
But this is confirmation of what the angels told the shepherds in the fields. This is good news of great joy, which will be for all people, not just the Jewish people. I read a great quote uh, about the visitation of the Magi that I want to read to you. These travelers from the east had come to Palestine with but one purpose, to find the one born king of the Jews and to worship him. The word worship here is full of meaning, expressing the idea of falling down, prostrating oneself, and kissing the feet or hem of the one who is being honored. The truth, that truth in itself shows that they were true seekers after God, because when he spoke to them, in whatever way it was, they heard and they responded. Despite their paganism, quasi-science, and superstition, they recognized God's voice when he spoke. Though having limited spiritual light, they immediately recognized God's light when it shone on them. They had genuinely seeking hearts, hearts that the Lord promises will never fail to find him. That reminds me of the scripture in Jeremiah that says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I find that really comforting because people are seeking truth, right? They say they're spiritual and they're seeking truth. And if they're really seeking truth, they can't help but run in to Jesus. If someone's honestly doing that and they don't have their own agenda of what they think that truth is, the Magi find Jesus because they're responding to the signs that God gives them. And God uses what they know and what is familiar to meet them right where they are. While the Jewish leaders in Herod knew where the Messiah was, they didn't seek him out. They didn't come to him. That's kind of been an epiphany or a new insight for me and has broadened my perspective on how God can draw somebody to himself. There isn't a prescribed formula. I remember when my husband wasn't a Christian yet, and I kept thinking, if he just read this book, if he just heard this one speaker, if he just came to church more, he would get it. He would have that epiphany. I had it all planned out. I was doing everything I could, but God was not cooperating with me. Now, I want you to admit that you've probably done the same thing with somebody in your life, right? You've had this idea that this one thing is going to reach that person. Or maybe you're here and you're the one who someone's been working on. Some enthusiastic, weird Christian keeps giving you books or articles or podcasts, and you just don't get it. Well, you know what? They're doing it out of love. So cut them a little slack. But I think that we really need to remember everybody has their own journey. And it didn't happen that way for my husband because he wasn't really seeking at that point. And it wasn't until he started his own journey that things came together in a very different way than I had planned. I actually got to the point where nothing was working, and I thought, okay, 
the last thing left for God to use is I'm going to have to die and my husband's going to be left with these little kids and he's going to have to turn to God. And all that did was make me more mad at my husband. So it wasn't a good thing, but it did happen in a very different way. Here's an epiphany. God's ways, they're not our ways. And God's thoughts, they're not our thoughts. Now, verse 12 is what we're going to focus on here at the very end of our verses in Matthew. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. It's another year, and hopefully we can see another way too. The Magi have seen Jesus, but now they decide after being warned that they're going to return home. And they knew that once they told Herod, if they went back the same way and told him where Jesus was, he would kill him and he would most likely kill the wise men too. So what was the impact of their journey? Was their experience of Jesus a transformative one? You know, we really don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us anything about the wise men after they leave to go home, after they've left. But what does it mean to come back someplace familiar, like home, but in a new way or another way? One of the best examples I can think of right now are many families are experiencing their students coming home from college after they've been away for a while. Any of you have a college student home? No? They're all sleeping in. Oh, there we go. Oh, yes. Thank you. Isaac is home. All right, so we're going to see if this is going to ring, a, ring true over here. When your student comes home, I saw this video online. Many of you may have already seen, but it just hit the nail on the head for me. Yeah, it's... Um... Five days in, my daughter came home from college. Really excited to see her. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, day one uh, was great. It was a work night, and her plane was delayed, so I got in at about one in the morning. And then she had the heaviest piece of luggage I've ever heard, ever felt in my life. I lost about 150 pounds, but I uh, and one of the wheels was broken, so I had to carry it across the whole airport and into the parking garage. But it's. It's the Christmas season, and we love to have her. I mean, it's really great to have her home from college. But day two was interesting. Um, she had friends over late night, and um, about three in the morning, they decided to bake cookies um, <laughs> and cupcakes and everything else. And uh, it was so cute listening to their voices. And uh, they left everything out. Even the milk was left out. It was sour. <laughs> Those rascals. But such a nice kid. It's great to have him home. Day three. She again she had some other friends over and now they were singing that song, um, Bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. It is very, very catchy, that song. I found myself singing it all night myself. Um, couldn't go for it today, I was exhausted. Um, day four, uh, she hadn't brought her luggage upstairs yet. Uh, she's living in the living room. And she has piles of clothes all over her room, so we don't even have gym anymore. What we do is we just jump over the piles and turn their hands. Very good for the quads. Very good for the quads and the calves. Day five, I actually call the airlines, bus terminals, trains. There's no way to get back to college. 
So there's an adjustment on both sides, right? Kids go and they have their own independent life and come home and all of a sudden have to fit back in. And so it's hard coming back home when you've changed, right? Right, Isaac? You're a different person than when you left, I'm sure. And we had the same situation. I think there was one night where I finally got up at some point and said to Ben and his friends, you all have to get out of here. Like, you have to go home. I have to get up in the morning. It just happens. Well, I also thought about my own experience that I had going on a mission trip, which many of you have too. You go someplace, you have a new experience, but you come back different. A few years ago, I went with the youth group when my son was in school, and um, I really prayed about it. I wanted to go, and I didn't know if he'd want me to go, so I prayed about that too, and he was fine with it, which meant God was totally in it. So we went on this trip to Mexico and had these amazing experiences, and I remember coming back with a very different perspective than when I left. And again, many of you have had an experience like that too. Because you know what? You can't unsee certain things. They're etched in your mind. Your eyes are opened to the needs of others and what's going on in other places around the world. And it was an epiphany event for me when I tried to explain to my husband and he tried to understand all the things we did, but he just couldn't because he wasn't there. And I wonder if that's what happened with the Magi. They went home another way in fear of death, but also the truth after seeing and encountering Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, must have changed them in some way. Did they go home and try to explain what they saw to their families or their friends? Did people even want to listen to them? You can't unsee God, and I have to believe that there was something etched on their hearts that they would never forget. Now, you can see God and you can refuse to recognize who he is, not perceive. I did that for years. I'd gone to church, I'd heard about God, but I didn't really perceive or understand who he was, and it wasn't until... I had that epiphany that I could all of a sudden see all the ways God had been working in my life up to that point that I did not see before. It gave me a new view. The Bible is full of stories of encounters with God that result in people going another way. The woman at the well, Zacchaeus, even the dying thief next to Jesus on the cross, and many others. But you know, there are also others in the Bible who see Jesus, but they don't go another way. I'm thinking of the rich young ruler who just couldn't give up what he needed to to be able to follow Jesus, and he left sad. I'm thinking about the parable of the different soils and how when the seeds fall, they don't always fall on good soil where it's nurtured and can grow. Sometimes it just gets squashed out. And so there is no transformative experience when they've encountered Jesus. Their lives are just the same. Now, in my preparation for today, I came across an article called The Paradox Road. The author says that Paradox Road is the road of faith for her. It's the road where we're on 
that we're on, we've decided to be on a spiritual journey. And she calls it the paradox road because for a spiritual life is filled with paradoxes. And she lists a few, lists a few travel tips I'm going to share with you that I found very helpful on this road. What appears to be a detour may be the most important leg of the journey. It may seem that we have veered off course only to discover that our mistake has led us someplace where we really needed to be. Too much concern for safety can be dangerous. That can immobilize us from acting on what God is calling us to do. And I have experienced that personally a lot myself because I don't like the unknown. I don't like stepping out into something I'm not sure if it's going to work. And it has immobilized me at times. Sometimes we travel farthest when we're just sitting still. When we think we've accomplished so much with all our rushing around, in truth, we may have done very little of importance. At other times, when we think we've completely stalled out, we may be surprised how far we've come on that spiritual journey of just being and being with God. And if you're a task-oriented person like I am, that sitting still does not feel very good. It's hard. It's hard to sit in God's presence and let him speak to me. I want to be doing something. I love this one. Enemies and aliens often make the best travel companions. Here's what she means by that. Enemies defined as those who bump into our selfishness and bruise our egos are our greatest friends. They help us grasp the truth about ourselves and God. Aliens are those whose views and perceptions differ radically from our own. They help us see what we could not see otherwise. These were all really helpful to me. Every day, God gives us moments of insight, epiphanies. When you look back over 2016, how are you different? I'm not talking about if your life is different. All of us, our lives are different. How are you different? I'm referring to ways that we've adapted or gone another way in light of what God has revealed to you about himself and also about you. Is, your, is there a situation that you need to ask God for some insight or an epiphany today so that you can approach it another way this year? I don't know about you, but sometimes it takes me a long time to realize what I'm doing or have been doing just isn't working and I really need to switch it up. But because it's unfamiliar, I'm hesitant to do that. So is there a situation that you need to ask God for some more insight in, some divine insight? Maybe it's a relationship that is broken or fractured and you need to ask forgiveness of that person. Maybe it's a health concern that just won't go away, or a financial situation, or possibly a career situation. Some kind of crisis that you need more light in. The situation in my life where I feel really stuck 
is in a particular relationship with a, a family member of mine. And I really am decided I have to take the challenge myself and ask God for wisdom to know how I need to move forward differently with that person in this coming year. But I not only need that wisdom, but I need the courage to act on it. And that's the seeing and doing part. The wise men were wise because they sought truth no matter where it took them, and they responded to God's warning by taking a different path. That's what I pray for us as individuals this year and as a church community, that we would seek God's divine wisdom and then have the courage to act to go another way. I want to let you know that at the end of our service today, after the benediction, there will be a time for you to come up and be prayed for. Really want people to take the opportunity to start this new year going another way. So if God's been speaking to you, you've been hearing something, feeling something, I encourage you to come forward. There will be several people from our prayer team up here. The band will have left the stage. And please, please take the time to come up and take advantage of prayer today. And now it's our time to enter into Holy Communion.